And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're back again after a little hiatus last week. I was deathly, deathly ill and needed to recover. It was the first time I was sick in like, ooh, I don't know, like almost three and a half years mm. after all the masking and hand washing and everything. So when it hit me, it hit me like a fucking ton of bricks and I was on my goddamn back. And, and doesn't like when you get sick, especially like post-covid in or in like a post-covid what do you think oh my god it is covid yep that's absolutely yeah. what i thought 100 yeah. i did a test but i i knew it wasn't like it because it wasn't like uh you know the symptoms mm. when i had the vaccine where it's like okay you know like i got a cough and i got like a really runny nose but i can't feel it in my chest and i can kind of taste i can kind of smell and also <laughs> the people around me aren't getting sick so i'm pretty sure that's not it yeah yeah i'm i'm lucky i <laughs> i <clears throat> haven't had covid and Same. um when i got my vaccines i didn't have like any reaction i just i felt a little bit tired that's about it Ooh, i that last one that bivalent one that one was a motherfucker that one was a shit show because basically <laughs> that one let you speed run covid every mm. day of the week where it's like okay today you feel like someone's sitting on your chest today you can't smell or taste for the next two weeks you know today you got the chills and everything and the night sweats so you i kind of got to run every part of it and uh was not a fan would not recommend would not give it a high yelp rating <laughs> yeah I, I i've been hearing that yeah i i'm glad i didn't have any reaction i mean it might be because before i got my shot i took some um like paracetamol and stuff that's that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to do that you're supposed to hit some gatorade because you know give your body what it needs all them good yummy yummy electrolytes and everything <laughs> here's a here's a thing i did find out the last time i was sick this is how bad i was uh, you know what viral pink eye is, Matt? Uh, I don't, but I know it's different, obviously, to like the, the, the yellow version you can get. So there's bacterial pink eye, the one that everyone knows, that you got some poop in your eye, the you and your roommate got into a prank war and wouldn't stop farting on each other's pillow. <laughs> so everyone gets pink eye. That's the normal one. I had viral pink eye, which basically means I was so sick my body said, fuck you, your eye is going to start leaking pus and everything Ugh. right now, asshole. <laughs> so I had that for a couple days, and I'm like, well, at least it's one eye, you know, I can get away with it, you know, until it's okay. Oh, and now it's moved to the other eye, fuck me, I need some <laughs> drops. As I found out from the pharmacy... Apparently, the actual pink eye drugs were hard to find at the moment because I guess there's a lot of pink eye going around. Everyone's in my getting camp. it. Everyone's getting it. <laughs> Everyone's getting it. There's a serial makes... like pillow farter or something. It's reminding me. It's like that early episode of South Park when they had the zombie pink eye because <laughs> of the Worcestershire sauce, and I'm just like, yep, that's that's what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like at the moment, and uh, yeah, it was wild and did not like it. Was not a big fan of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad I've never had that. <clears throat> it's uh, yeah, you, you don't need to get it. You can you can thoroughly skip this one in the in the big rewatch of disease. Feel free to skip the pink eye arc. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm feeling better now. I can actually breathe. Uh, my eyes are not pussy and uh, not completely glazed over, so we can actually have the show. How's uh, how's your week been, Matt? Yeah, it's, it's been pretty good. It's been a week of like playing new games. I played, I was telling you, I've, I've been playing a little bit of um, uh, the new Like a Dragon game, the Inchin game. 
Yeah. Oh uh, hell yeah! I can't wait to get in on that. I just finished God of War this week, and I'm pro. I was either I was debating between starting that or waiting for the RE4 remake at the end of the month. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm 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 playing through Inshin, but I'm also playing through uh, Atomic Heart as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one had kind of hot and cold reviews. Some people really liked it. Some people were kind of I, indifferent to it. How are you dealing with it? I like the world and the lore and everything, but mm. everything else is just really lacking. Like there's. I want to say I'm probably about halfway through the game now and the missions have just included go here, take this thing, put the key in the lock. You know, it's all been about like unlocking keys. Yeah. And that's kind of the joke that's in the game. But at the same time, it's like, really, this is all your gameplay is? Me doing fetch quests? You, you can lampshade it as much as you want, but you're still doing it at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the general consensus I got where it's like, man, what a lot of cool ideas yeah. that are dragged down by some pretty archaic and unfun game mechanics. Especially for a game that like, from what I remember, it was like in development for a very long time. Yes, yes it was. I thought it was never coming out. That's how long it I was didn't think it was. A, yeah, I didn't think it was a real game. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't either. I thought it was totally a joke. Yeah. Apparently not. That's a shame, too, because when you see new stuff like that, you really, really want to, you know, root for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'll want it to become the next big series, but it wasn't. Nah, nah. I don't think I, it, anything will happen with this game. I don't think we'll be getting a sequel or anything. I remember it was in development for so long, a lot of people theorized and joked where it's like, wait, imagine if this is secretly the next Bioshock game. Well, I mean, it might as well be. You have, like, like you get powers, you have, like, skill trees Little that give powers. you, like... Yeah, hand, you got, like, a hand thing that gives you powers and everything. And there's, like... your weapons. Yeah, it's very much like Bioshock, except not done as well. <clears throat> not as good. No. It's not, it's not even as good as Bioshock 2 or Infinite. Or Infinite, yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit, for all of Infinite's flaws, I very much enjoyed it. It was, it was all right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, it was beautiful looking, great music. Mm-hmm. I called the twist 100 miles away, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can still enjoy it. And even that one came back with two, like, really interesting DLCs many, many years later. <laughs> it did, yes, that's right. Yeah, which, you know, people argued, it's like, shit, you know, the DLC is kind of what makes these. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, believe it or not, we are a comic book show, everyone, and we do actually have some comic book news. In fact, we have more news than we would normally because we took a week off. Yes. Uh, starting things off here, uh, this answers a question that you and I, Matt, have had forever, and that is like, okay, so now that Disney now owns 20th Century Fox, what's going to happen to the comic properties for a lot of their different film franchises that kind of go back and forth between two worlds? Obviously, mm-hmm. we saw the Alien comics and the Predator comics, but uh, apparently those two, as well as the Planet of the Apes comics, are now all going to be released under the brand new 20th Century Studio imprint, which is a Marvel Comics imprint. Yeah, which I I thought they were going to do something like this because they, they had that thing recently where they had to like postpone the Predator comic because there was mm. like rights issues. Rights issues. And I have to imagine this was like a compromise or like Probably. this is what that deal was going towards. <clears throat> probably yeah so there you go we got an answer for that they're all kind of off in their own little imprint now but they're still going to be published by marvel i have to wonder because they are you know they do have their new masters now how long until we'll inevitably see planet of the apes versus alien versus predator oh probably pretty soon because who doesn't love a crossover who doesn't love a big mega event and i'm not gonna lie 
uh, if, you know, uh, a predator landed on the planet of the apes and tried to start hunting apes, and also there was a xenomorph in there somewhere, that sounds pretty money. It sounds pretty, like, no matter what the tie-in or, like, crossover is, like, crossing something over with, like, Alien or Predator is so good. They've done, like, they had, like, the Batman ones, the Superman ones. Uh, I think Terminator crossed over with one of them. Mm. Well, I know Robocop crossed over with Terminator. Mm. And, yeah, As- yeah. So they've had a couple. Uh, Ninja Consultant Six Shot actually with a rather interesting piece of uh, information that I did not know. Apparently they brought over David Walker, a friend of the show, one of our favorite writers, from the Boom Planet of the Apes books, and he's going to be writing these new ones, I guess. Cool. That's awesome. I like that a lot because, you know, the Planet of the Apes movies, especially the classic Planet of the Apes movies, had, you know, like a real uh, race relations in America undercurrent to it. Oh, Absolutely. So I think he would be perfect for that. And yes, Chemdog, ape not kill ape, but ape will kill Xenomorph and maybe Predator <laughs> if getting way. God, could you imagine that? Just the Predator riding a horse, you know, next to a bunch of apes from Planet of the Apes and they're riding up the thing. Ah, uh, that'd be cool. And they got to go into like the irradiated train tunnels with all those weirdo mutants from the sequel that yeah. no one remembers. Yeah, like the Morlock looking things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone, they fight Morlocks who worship the atomic bomb in the second Planet of the Apes movies. Those movies get really fucking weird as time goes Really fucking weird, yeah. And then there's time travel in the other ones. Yeah, and then they reboot it, and it was, like, really fucking good. Yeah, Because Matt Matt Reeves and Dan Trenchenberg did them all. Because they're a killer, you know, a killer creative team, so much to the point now that Disney's saying that they're going to be doing a series. Yeah, well, they're doing another movie? Are they I really? Think, I think it's another movie. I'm pretty is sure the, they announced it not too long ago. Is the movie going to lead into the series, or did the movie become a series? The movie is a follow-up to that last, the last War of the Planet of the Apes, or yeah, whatever the War last War, one. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, was really goddamn good and yeah. ended on a sad note, but also on like, a, oh, this is, this is how they're going to become the apes we know from the other movies. Yes. wonder how far they're going to take that. I wonder how far in time we're going to jump. Yeah, yeah, because those those last three movies they didn't jump very far. They only no, jumped like, no. it was like ten years per movie or something. Yeah, not, it was only not a hundred years or so. Yeah, yeah, they weren't even wearing clothes yet. They were just starting to speak in full sentences. And so the 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 Steve Zahn ape was wearing clothes, and they were all making fun of him for it. Yeah, yeah, silly Steve Zahn ape. Why do you think we're all going to be wearing clothes in the future? <laughs> the answer is yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Also, too, in that first movie, they referenced that, you know, the Charlton Heston space flight did happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It did happen. They just never went back to that. They're like, we can come back to this whenever we want. Yeah, we just set it up. Just set it up. Just set it up. It's there. It could happen. It could not. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Now, moving on from there, as we talk about one, you know, franchise that's actually doing well and is pretty healthy currently to a franchise that really needs a shot in the arm so much to the point that it's rebooting now. For the second time, I'm, of course, talking about Hellboy, everyone. (laughs) Remember Hellboy? He's back in pog form. Yes, yes. (laughs) The the new movie is going to be called Hellboy the Crooked Man, and they've cast Jack Kesey, who played Black Tom Casty in Deadpool 2, and I'm sure other things, but that's the only thing I remember him from. I couldn't even remember him from that. Well, there you go. He's going to be the new Hellboy. David Harbour had his chance, and he's like, no, thank you. I have other things to do. (laughs) I don't want to be in the makeup chair for the 90 hours to make a movie that ended up being so utterly forgettable. It was forgettable, but it was also like, hey, this is like kind of closer to like 
like the actual Hellboy and like uh, like BPRD and everything mm. is very much know, more closer to it. But yeah, it was very I, forgettable. I know Mignola liked it better, and that yeah. was the whole thing. Mignola always kind of had a stick up his ass about how much people liked the two Guillermo del Toro movies. Really, I only like the second one. I think Golden Army fucking slaps, but the mm. other one, you don't even need to yeah, watch the, the first, the first one's not, the not not very good. Yeah. No, you literally just need to watch the second one. And I think Mignola was always kind of bent out of shape that people preferred Guillermo del Toro's vision in the second one to his original version because he kind of made it his own. And that's why he mm. threw in so hard behind the sequel that, yeah, was closer in tone, but clearly did not connect with audiences. No, no, not at all. <clears throat> and you can clearly see, too, and we talk about it all the time on this show, there is a superhero comic book arms race going on. You know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe ain't going anywhere. The DC movies have rebooted again under gun. Amazon is getting into the game now because they got friggin' The Boys and they got Invincible. Netflix tried their Millerverse, but now they bought all of James Tynan's stuff. Really, there are so few worlds left to conquer and so few... Uh, friggin' frontiers of, like, time-tested comic book material mm -hmm. with a lot of fucking material. And Hellboy's been around for many years and has a lot of fucking material and a lot of spin-off potential, should they do it right. Not, yeah, like, like <coughs> so even, even that, um, even that new, uh, that recent movie, like, you didn't, if you, even if you didn't like it, that you, like, don't say you wouldn't want a Thomas Hayden Church lobster the lobster movie. Johnson movie, yeah. Yeah, that like that that he that little part he had in that film was so good. <laughs> and Lobster Johnson has many books dedicated yeah, to himself. Yeah, exactly. So clearly they see it worthwhile as taking a second, third crack at it, depending on how you count it. And I mean they're not wrong. I just hope they actually nail it this time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because yeah, I mean I think the world would be a better place with more Hellboy movies in it. Absolutely. Also, there's that Hellboy video game too, so Hellboy is kind of hot now, I guess. There is. That's right. There's that. Yeah, yeah. it's. It looks like Mike Mignola's art. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, that's always been half of the appeal of Hellboy. Mm -hmm. Really, it looks like Mignola's art, and Mignola's art is very, very specific. Yes. So yeah, there you go, everyone. If you're a big Hellboy fan, your cup runneth over because you've got not one but two Hellboy things to look forward to. Mm. And uh, also, thank you, A. Carter. Get some more meds. You'll feel better soon. Thank you. Uh, I was actually taking a lot of antihistamines, but I was also waking up a bunch in the middle of the night. I was afraid I might have sleep apnea, but apparently if you take a lot of antihistamines, that can actually make it worse. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I was waking up and I was struggling to breathe, and there's like a history of sleep apnea in my family, and I know I put on a fuck ton of weight this winter. So I'm just like, oh, God, is this a thing now? Do I have this? I'm I'm feeling better after I, like, exercised and ate a salad and calmed myself the fuck down <laughs> and stopped taking antihistamines. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I'm, I'm working out my neck and I'm chewing gum and everything. Got to keep those airways nice and open <laughs> so I don't die in my sleep. So my brain doesn't have to keep waking me up and be like, hey, stop not breathing, asshole. <laughs> yeah, please breathe. I need air. <laughs> yeah, my brain needs air. <laughs> Just my body poking me. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, what, what would you like to see out of a Hellboy movie, if anything? I know I'm not, like, the biggest fan. Like, I'm aware of it. Like, I know what's going on, but I'm not, like, an expert in it neither am i i i just 
the one thing I really like about how when all, what all three of those films have done uh, is like the, the like weird like mythology and like yeah. the creatures and shit like like that last one had some really cool puppets and stuff and and uh, like the 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 house the was it the Baba Yaga house mm. and uh, all that sort of stuff all, I love all that weird shit and just, I agree. just just more of that more of that yeah we do we don't get a lot of creature features anymore and if no. things are going to continue to be you know all superheroes all the time let's at least get some creature features in there let's mm. let's let the henson company go nuts yeah exactly uh, the the creature workshops and everything uh man it's a good time for puppets too because if you watch that last mandalorian mm, yes yeah that, that that last puppet the the the, the pirate king guy so cool so cool. Swamp, swamp thing if he was yeah. an ape love it it's so cool <laughs> I, I love in a show you can have cool neo-western gunfights and space battles and, you know, giant monsters, but you can also have a little puppet spinning himself in the chair using the force and then trying to grab and hug the smaller, cuter puppet. <laughs> God, I love Star Wars. So good. <laughs> this is my fucking jam. And then you can go and watch The Bad Batch and you can be like, hey, we're explaining more about the, you Zillow know. Beast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do giant kaiju monster Zillow Bees. And oh, here's a new villain called Dr. Hemlock. And we're tying more into the Imperial Palpatine cloning shit that went so unresolved in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, so good. So good. Oh. Oh, and uh, elite clone commandos too, like the ones yes. in the video. Game. Yeah, Scorch appeared. He was from the video game. Yeah. Oh, really? Was he there? I missed yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He was the main, the main uh, clone commando. Yeah. Oh shit! Love the canon. Love when they put it together. Yeah. Uh, Tevi in the chat saying, "Speaking of reboots, what happened to the Spawn reboot? I think the thing about the Spawn reboot is that we would have had it by now if Todd McFarlane was not so gung ho about being the one to deliver it to us." Yeah, and and maybe if he like stopped, you know, announcing new Batman McFarlane toys every fucking every day, every day, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that uh, like that feels like the thing where it's like we probably would have gotten a Spawn movie by now if Todd McFarlane didn't declare that you know we'll get a Spawn movie even if I have to do it myself. By which I mean I'm gonna do it myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause like yeah, weren't they working with Full Moon for a second? And Full Moon mm -hmm. is usually pretty good at turning shit around yep. and getting it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think Jamie Fox was tied to it at some point. Yes, I believe yeah. that too. And also, again, much like Hellboy, talk about another franchise that has just like a depth and like you know backlog of stories where you could be making Spawn movies for years and you could do a fucking Angela spinoff and a Redeemer spinoff mm -hmm. and everything else. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a lot of material there should they want to do it. Definitely. And I'm surprised they haven't. No, I, do, I don't know. Again, <coughs> like you said, I don't know whether it's just they, they can't or don't want to. It's just Todd McFarlane's getting in the yeah, way. Yeah, again, it's, it's probably working with him. He's probably like, I need full creative control all the time on everything. Yeah. And I get exclusive toy rights to the movie. Of course, of course. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to do that. We'd rather cut you out, which, hey, to his credit, uh, I mean, I'm sure lots of famous superhero creators wish they were in the same position where they could have creative control and they couldn't be cut out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Todd McFarlane for, you know, uh, what is it, for the for the good and bad of it, you can't placate him with just a check for five grand and tickets to the grand opening. <laughs> Spawn is my baby, and I'm going to be there every step of the way to rear him and watch him grow. <laughs> I'm going to be standing over Jamie Foxx's shoulder at all time. <laughs> Just me, Todd McFarlane. Yeah, I'm going to play Spawn. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm literally shocked he has not, like, offered to do that at some point. Well, I mean, 
you know, the, the character is black, so... There might be some problems with that. Although something tells me that would not stop Todd McFarlane. <laughs> no, no, I sincerely doubt it. <laughs> Todd McFarlane gets sued again by all the real people whose names he used. <laughs> Every time he tries to make something. Yeah. Like, again, like, the real Al Simmons is just sitting around ready to sue McFarlane all over again for his <laughs> name rights when there's a movie. No, you did this in the 90s, you can't sue me again. <laughs> Tony Twist, no, you're dead. You can't keep suing me. <laughs> Apparently, yes, they can. Might that be a lesson for you, everyone? Don't name your characters after real people. Mm. Likewise, George Costanza from the Seinfeld show apparently also sued. Oh, no. Yeah, I know, which is which is such a George thing to do, isn't it? It is. It's a very George thing. Way to fucking act like your character, man. <laughs> Now, speaking of characters, uh, Sharon Carter, if you've been keeping up with the new Captain America series, which I have, uh, she's been a very strong addition to this brand new Invaders team, and coming soon, she'll be getting a brand new identity, no longer Agent uh, 99, was that her thing, or just Agent 9? Yeah, something like that, I can't remember. Agent and a number, she's not going to be that anymore, she's getting an actual superhero identity, she's going to become the new Destroyer. Oh, nice. Which, of course, the current uh, Destroyer, Roger Aubrey, is a team member in the book right now. And he actually had a really, really great, what I guess we now know is a send-off. Yeah, okay. Because he needs to die to free up that identity for Sharon. (laughs) (laughs) I like her costume, though, because, you know, the original Destroyer, it's like a skull head and it's like black and red. Hers is white and gold. Oh, nice. Agent 13, thank you, that was the one. I'm thinking... uh, I, I was getting confused with Seven of Nine and, like, Agent 99 yeah, from gets, something else. Yeah, get smart, yeah. Yeah, that's my problem. Oops, too many, too, too many women with just agent names in fiction. What's up with that? We just break down women into numbers. But yeah, it's a cool-looking costume. That cat book is great. And, uh, shit, I mean, I guess I talked about it here, so I don't really need to talk about it later. But, yeah, Roger Aubrey saves the whole team from MODOK because his mind is sharper than anyone else's, even at his old age. But uh, to do so, he may have had to sacrifice his own life. Aww. Yeah, he gets this great focus issue and then dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. Aw. Uh, moving on from there, Groot will be getting a series of variant covers uh, this April. That's going to be the hot new uh, variant cover thing. Cool. cool. I guess this ties into like what's happening with like uh, the Guardians returning and him can... being like a big part of the main story or something. Yes, I can only assume because we got that big Groot fall story mm-hmm. and then we have the new Guardians run, which he doesn't seem to actually be in. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, again, I think we theorize that he's probably dying. Yeah, this is telling, which also makes me think, shit, if he's dying in the comics, are they going to kill him in the movie? Yeah, maybe, maybe. It's I, We've theorized that up and down, that, you know, not all the Guardians are making it out of that movie. They might kill one, they might kill a couple. Yeah. Which, uh, that would be a hell of a thing, you know, we're, we're making kids cry, brah, here in the Guardians <laughs> movie. We're killing the cute tree and we're killing the little plush animal. <laughs> James Gunn on his way out just going to traumatize some children before he goes and runs the competition. Yeah, yeah, this is the best way to end, yeah. Yeah, best way to end, just scare the shit out of them. L- literally ends with a commercial for the new DCU stuff. <laughs> 
it's it's Rocket and Groot's funeral, and James Gunn is there, and he looks directly in the camera. It's like, hey, gang, we all had a lot of fun here today, didn't we? But I just want you to know <laughs> about all the new things coming out in the DC Cinematic Universe. I'm writing a Superman film. Come watch that. <laughs> yeah, come watch that. Not right now. We're still working on it, but come watch it. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, all your friends from the Guardians will probably be there. I'll probably cast everyone there by the end. <laughs> D- don't worry, there's not like a, what is it, like a contractual company loyalty thing. They're loyal to me, not to the company. <laughs> don't be shocked when Chris Pratt becomes Booster Gold. It could happen. Oh, I'll no. cast Zoe Saldana <laughs> as, a, as an Amazon. It'll happen. <laughs> Drax could be anything. Uh, he could be Lex Luthor. Uh, he could be Bane. He's just such a versatile actor, Dave Bautista. Yeah, he could be whatever he wants. Yeah, got to bring all my quirky gals there, uh, Kieran Gillen and Mantis. Don't worry, we'll find roles for them. <laughs> they could be on The Authority. What about that? <laughs> <coughs> we'll cast everyone. <laughs> you know I got to cast Steve Agee in something. Oh, he's getting in something. And and uh, and Lloyd Kaufman is going to be Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got to have a good camp. He should work at the paper in the Superman movie as well. He should be Perry White. I was going to say, yeah, he should be Perry White, yeah. Just yelling out there all the time, Great Caesar's Ghost! I fucking hate Blockbuster! (laughs) I made the Toxic Avenger, did you know? Yes, Lloyd, we know. (laughs) You never don't tell us, Lloyd. (laughs) That would be good. Obviously, his brother, Sean Gunn, he's got a cast in something. The Mm -hmm. Rook, Michael Rooker. Yep. How can Rooker be uh, Luthor? That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, he'd be pretty fun. He'd be a cool Metallo as well. Ooh, that would also be... He's a little old at this point, but, you know, he looks great for his yeah. age. Well, I, I mean, I guess they... Uh, he was already in... He was Savant in, in the the Suicide Squad, so... That's true. So technically he already was something. Ah, we'll make him Savant again. We'll bring him back. <laughs> we'll resurrect him. Savant 2. <laughs> Electric savant <Savantaloo>. a <laughs> All right, now moving on from there, uh, Venom Lethal Protector, which is, of course, part of their weird, like, flashback side series, because, you know, Ben Riley had one, uh, Venom has one here where they're, like, stories, but they take place in the past, past. like Black Suit Spider-Man. Yeah. For, like, little minis where they get interesting writers. Well, this is getting a sequel. They're calling it Lethal Protector 2, and they're really excited to show off that it's going to be Venom fighting Doctor Doom. Oh, cool. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. I guess this will also be part of the big summer of symbiotes that you just can't get away from. Yeah, uh, I'm cool with him fighting Doctor Doom. <laughs> yeah, why not? Again, I haven't been reading Lethal Protector, but clearly it was popular enough to get a sequel. Yeah. And again, it feels like we're going to get be getting a lot of symbiotes over the next little bit. So, you know, catch, catch the fever, man. It's that summer of symbiote. It's the summer of symbiotes. It's like the summer of George. <laughs> coming soon get ready for it no i i am legitimately actually a little excited for it. like i said i read that carnage book and it was good and i'm gonna catch up on venom soon <laughs> so i'll actually know what's going on uh now some netflix news over here neil gaiman's dead boy detective agency which has been in the work for a little bit now so mm-hmm. much to the point they kind of backdoor piloted it in doom patrol only to completely change it and rework it well now it's going to netflix apparently yeah well it makes sense they would do that in doom patrol because doom patrol themselves are a reworked version of the doom patrol from titans <laughs> this is true isn't it interesting how that keeps happening <laughs> But yeah, I can totally understand why they'd want to move it to Netflix Mm -hmm. and also why Gaiman probably feels, you know, safer with it at Netflix because they just had Sandman that was pretty well received. Yeah, and I don't think he, and I think he's (coughs) 
got a bit of power over there now as well with how successful uh, Sandman was. So I think he's probably a bit safer over there. Yeah. And also, too, it's one of those things that I think once Dead Boy Detectives drops, it's one of those titles that will attract a lot of people who don't even know it's related to a comic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that probably helps. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a hit because it's like, hey, you like those Stranger Things? You like kids in peril fighting spooky shit? Well, do I got some spooky shit for you? (laughs) They're boys, they're dead, and they're detectives. (laughs) I don't know why Neil Gaiman sounds like this. He says, hey, I'm Joe Quesada. I came back, everyone. Yeah, no, he's English. Yeah, I work for Netflix now, (laughs) selling the dead boy detectives. (laughs) I know a thing about that. (laughs) Oh, boy, here we go again. (laughs) But no, that sounds good, and I'm excited for that. I'll have to be sure to watch that. Yeah, whenever it comes out. Whatever, it's Netflix, so, you know, it could come out any time between now and the heat death of the universe. Exactly, exactly. But hey, at least they're a little better than Amazon, where it's like, hey, here's the second and final season of Carnival Row five years after the first one. Yeah, it took a while to get to that one. Although I guess, like, COVID and everything, yeah. Yeah, but it's also like, after five years, it's the second and final season, it's like, why? Why even bother at this point? (laughs) Contracts, contracts. I guess, yeah, gotta, gotta do the contracts. You know, we, we must free Orlando Bloom. He's just been sitting there waiting this whole time. <laughs> he said he wouldn't leave unless we released it. <laughs> and because he has literally nothing else going on. No, no. We, we had to honor it. We were forced to. <laughs> Remember when Orlando Bloom used to be in movies? I mean, I think he still is, but I think he's gone the way of, like, like like he's in like shitty like action films that are like direct to dvd in like in like hong kong (laughs) weird weird i did not see his uh, career going that way i really thought that he would you know be a breakthrough yeah yeah i mean i guess when you're in lord of the rings the biggest movies in the world then again i guess everyone in those movies had kind of weird career trajectories you know vigo mortensen is still in stuff but he's not like huge big leading man he's more like interesting weird fringe uh character actor i mean i guess that 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 comes with like being in films like that he probably made like a shit ton of money off of that and That's he can, true. and he can. It's like the, the the kids from the Harry Potter series. They can choose to do <clears> like like weird projects, like like uh, Daniel Radcliffe's in all weird indie films, mm, and like farting t- zombie movie and TV shows, just because like he can afford to be. I guess, and I guess that's a good thing to be. Yeah. Oh yeah, wasn't he also in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Yeah, I guess he was. That was, he went from franchise to franchise, and then his career kind of petered out when they petered out. Yeah, and they tried to hint at bringing him back in like the last one, and then that like because it made no money, it like it's like yeah, that's not happening. Wah wah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> now speaking of things that will probably make a lot of money, though maybe not as much as they want, uh, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. We finally got a real deal, actual gameplay trailer, and I know. We've been following this story forever, and I've been saying for the longest time, where it's like, okay, but what kind of game is it, though? Okay, but how does it play, though? And now we finally see how it plays, and uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) It looks like shit. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'm glad we can just come out and say it. It looks like fucking shit. It looks like every other big open-world team-based fucking battle pass, you know. Every character plays and looks the same that's the problem where it's like you took the suicide squad one of my favorite teams because they are so different so varied and so eclectic 
and you gave everyone guns, and everyone can fly around the screen exactly the same. Okay. Marvel's Avengers had more dynamic uh, diversity in their in their player base, in in their it players really, and everything. It really did, and that's the thing that fucked me up. I'm like, does this actually look worse than that Avengers game? That <laughs> Avengers game was pretty fucking bad near the end when they like completely cut off all you know service for when they're like well this is dead now yeah yeah but yeah at least like every character like look and play differently than the next yeah at least there was some uniqueness in that but this yeah this is captain boomerang uses a shotgun he barely uses his goddamn boomerang when he should very much be the ranged guy yeah yeah i can understand giving like harley and dead shotguns because they've used them they're regular ass people but why does like shark like killer shark need one king shark need one like he could just use like melee yeah this is this is just bad design like from top to the bottom this is like oh you guys were in too deep and didn't catch the memo about you know gamers shifting tastes mm-hmm. and i love that everyone's quick to say that oh no it'll be good because this is the same studio that did the arkham games what people mm. don't realize is that everyone that made those Arkham games doesn't work for the company anymore. As is often the case. Yeah, and you can tell. <laughs> you really can, because it's like, you guys had some of the best, like, hand-to-hand, you know, frenetic action in those Arkham games, and this this is none of that. This is a shooter from people who don't normally do shooters. What the hell happened? Yeah. This is also set in the same universe <laughs> as that Arkham game. <laughs> which is wild. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense as why Batman is there yeah what a what a massively missed opportunity and yeah this really sucks and breaks my heart too to know that this is kevin conroy's last appearance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in this game that seems destined for you know obscurity yep this is you threw a ton of time and a ton of money at something that looks no fun and is just setting off red flags all over the place yeah it like yeah none of that combat that we saw looked good at all no, it was all just like the, sh- shoot the glow thing and like just wait until something happens none of it looks fun it literally looks like you know a game designed to piss me off because we've all played games like that where we've asked ourselves why are we doing this oh well you got to level up and you got to get the next tier set and you got to get the next this that and the other thing just to stay competitive and i'm like am i even having fun anymore this feels like work why am i actually doing this yeah it's why i i've never understood like why people could love a game like like destiny Mm. like because it's very much like that as well where it's like oh i'm just grinding to get that new helmet or new gun or something i mean destiny i can at least kind of understand because bungie does good shooting mechanics and it feels good to shoot the gun i guess so it feels good to shoot the gun the armor feels good you usually always get something after doing a mission and they're usually pretty easy to pull off like i played a little of destiny but then stopped because i'm like i'm never gonna get the most out of this because i don't play it with people Mm -hmm. and this is true the suicide squad thing too where it's like oh so here's a game i will never get the most out of is what you're telling me yeah you're straight up telling me to my face that I'm never going to get the most out of this. Hey, at most, I'll be sure to watch like a compilation of all the cutscenes online. <laughs> <coughs> if nothing else, because I would like to see uh, Deborah Wilson as uh, Amanda Waller. That uh, that much I am interested in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What an amazing body of work Deborah Wilson has had in like the last couple of years. Star Wars, God of War, Modern Warfare. Yeah, jeez. Uh, Just so many back to back. That, you know have just been freaking banger performance after banger performance yeah and i guess she'll be in like the new uh 
in Jedi Survivor as well that comes out in April. And then this one, then this Suicide Squad game comes out, what, the month after or something? Holy shit, she's just in all of it. Yeah. Can't, uh, can't get, oh, Wolfenstein too, I forgot she was in that as well. Mm, yeah, she was. Just banger title after banger title, but I mean, I guess this one won't be as much of a banger, but you know, mm. I mean, we all gotta mess up at some point. Yeah. That makes it even sadder now, because she came out in the Game Awards, like, dressed up as a magic I know, baller. I know, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's disappointing, especially now, because it looks like the game will be bad. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully this will be the final nail in that coffin, though, of this sort of game design for superhero games. I, I, where everyone I'm seeing like react to it, like are saying that as well, because this is like the last type of game like that that I, like, yes. in recent memory that I can think of. So I have to imagine that, yeah, maybe, maybe it was a case of like, okay, we've got this game. Okay, oh fuck, that Avengers game like failed spectacularly. We can't stop now. <laughs> we have to just yeah. push through. That's very much what it feels like, and I think that's why they waited so long to show us any actual yeah. gameplay. Yeah, yeah, cause, yeah, because that that this is the first time we've actually seen proper In gameplay. Years. Yeah, yeah, because they kept holding it back. They kept just showing us like that same trailer. And that's why I got nervous because I'm like, yeah. there's a pretty good reason you haven't told us or shown us what kind of game this is yet, and now I know why. And it's probably why they went hard on the defense when those pictures of the uh, of the battle pass leaked, like the mm -hmm. the menu that showed that there was a battle pass and like a gear system that's based on like stats, but like yep. really arbitrary stats, like every fucking battle pass are. game. Yeah. What what we're saying is we want more games like Spider Man and that Guardians game. Yes. Yes. More like that, please. Hell, even uh. What is it, even Midnight Suns, which I yes. haven't played yet, but you gave a glowing review to. So there are good superhero games out there. Yes, yeah, and oh, it's funny, like, all those games, except for Spider-Man, were hurt because of stuff like the that Avengers game with the Battle Pass. And it fucked up that, so bad. That, that always online function and everything, yeah. It, it fucking tainted it. Everything else paid the price. KT 2023 is a, bad, is a bad year for lackluster game releases. I don't know. I've liked everything I've played so far. So far, yeah, I've enjoyed playing everything, but there is like some like really good games coming out in the latter half of this year. Yeah. Again, I think it started that way, but it's going to get so much better. You, you got your Dead Space. Again, you got your Resident Evil yep. remake coming out. Your Ishin. Yep. Final uh, Fantasy sure 16 is coming out. Soon. Oh, yeah. Which, the new Legend of Zelda. <laughs> That's right. I don't know how I feel about that new Final Fantasy either. They finally showed off some gameplay of that. And I'm like, this doesn't look like Final Fantasy at all. I oh, I, I think the, uh, the the director actually approached that and said, well, Final Fantasy isn't one thing. I mean, it's, it's true. many things, many different things. And I, I actually really liked it. Fucking kaiju fights. It, yeah, it's pretty I, awesome. I hope it's more playable than uh, what, what, what was the one with the boys road trip? 15? 15 yeah. yeah i like that one aesthetically and tried to follow yes. the story but every time an actual fight broke out i'm like am i am i doing anything am i i can't tell if i'm yeah. winning and also the problem story-wise with that is that you have to have had to watch that cgi movie with arid paul to before know what the fuck to know what was on. fucking going on yeah <laughs> yeah they don't seem to be doing that it looks like they're actually going to tell a story that you can actually watch yes. and listen to yes i'm very excited and even if they did get some Witcher in my Final Fantasy, that's fine. You can get some Witcher in there, I guess. <laughs> it's interesting that that's the one that they really, uh, really gravitated towards. Where it's like, hey, you know, let's just put a little Witcher in here. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I'll certainly try it out. I mean, you know, Final Fantasy's 
when they are released are usually like a pretty big event, you know, mm-hmm. for gamers. Definitely. Because they are one of those franchises like Grand Theft Auto where they've just been around for fucking ever. Yeah, whenever. And they don't come out like really that often. No. Jane saying FF16's gameplay is made by the same combat director for DMC5. Yes. Huh. Yes. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Why? I do like those DMC games and how they do their combat. It's pretty good. It's pretty good because, you know, like, you can be the guys who do, like, those videos online who get, like, insane, you know, score streaks and everything. Or you can just be fucking around and still have fun and still do some shit that exactly. looks pretty cool. Exactly. It's cool. Which, that's that that's what I'm on board for. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So I guess with that, we can talk about the books we read this week. Very light week for me. I already talked about Captain America, so I only had one, two, three new books. Oh, wow. Yeah, a small, small week for me, and a lot of it was catching up on stuff from last week. What about you? How many did you have? Uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah, I had about four, five, five, yeah. All right, you had a couple more than me then. Should we talk about Action Comics first? Yeah, yeah. So Action Comics 1052, the continuation of this Philip Kennedy Johnson Superman family story. Yeah, and it it was it was good. It was so good. It was good. It was super solid. What I liked about it is that he basically answered a question I had right away. And I'm like, okay, so we got a Superman book that's a team book now. They're all Superman-level characters. How are they going to deal with any threat? Like, even the newly rebuilt Metallo with War World Tech and everything, you know? How are they not just going to beat him right away? The answer is, they do beat him right away. That's not what the story's about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's fun because this feels like this issue was uh, Johnson also reiterating that because obviously uh, Joshua Williamson's Superman book is using obviously yes. Superman and some of the cast as well as Lex as like the main antagonist. So yes, Lex is the big bad in two books. Yes, well, this issue makes it uh, posits Calls the fact question. Yeah, posits the fact that oh maybe Lex isn't behind this, but Mattello thinks it is. Yes, that someone else has been talking in Mattello's ear, which would make sense. Because Metallo really only met Luther in the flesh one time, and every yeah. time after that, it's been weird holograms. It's been a hologram, yeah. And uh, again, like maybe even his sister hasn't even been kidnapped or anything, and this is all just like That's true. him uh, being like gaslit into believing this. That's true. He wouldn't know. I mean, he was rebuilt with War World Tech, but that still doesn't mean that it wasn't someone from War World who did it. Exactly. Or got the tech some other way, huh? Yeah, it, it, this could all be tied to uh, uh, Krillux. It could very well be. It could be any number of these things. So, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a fun mystery going on here. Yeah. It's also just nice to see Clark chill out with his family. I love those, yeah. like, homey scenes where they're yeah. just all together in the same room. Yeah, that it's it's we haven't had that in a long time, and I like that it's, it's all of the family. It's not just, like, Lois and his son. It's, like, everyone. Mm-hmm. And they've all got physical business to do there. Kara trying not to feed the dog chocolate, even though he's a super dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, look, Crypto's a super dog, but look, just a little bit of Earth chocolate will kill him. (laughs) Chocolate is kryptonite for dogs of any, you know, race (laughs) and anywhere in the universe, the multiverse. I don't make the rules. It's the one constant, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The one constant, death taxes and chocolate is bad for doggies. (laughs) So don't give it to them. (laughs) Uh, Connor freaking licking his wounds there because he got hurt more than anyone else in the Metallo fight. Yeah, yeah, he wants a second chance at, at, at fighting Metallo. 
for two issues in a row now, John and Connor also don't have a conversation. Which someone pointed that out to me that after all these years, John and Connor have never had a conversation on panel. And I'm like, no, no, that's impossible. That can't possibly be true. <laughs> then I really buckled down and thought about it. I'm like, oh my God, they haven't. <laughs> How is that even possible? <laughs> Uh, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get to it there's a lot of stuff that this book needs to get to and it will you just gotta let story I, play out oh i know and in fact i hope they make that a point of it when they do have a conversation like geez john i feel like you and i have never had a conversation yeah i know connor what's up with that we're always going to the same places we know all the same people but i feel like we've never really talked you know <laughs> and that should be the whole conversation <laughs> But yeah, Action Comics is cool. I like it. And again, I like it because it is so different from William Superman and yet also shares so many hallmarks. Exactly, yeah. I like it's the Superman book that's really dealing with Clark at work while the Action Comics is dealing with him at home. Yes. I thought that was a very fun dichotomy. And again, that Luther seems to be making trouble for them all over the place because in the Action Comic book, Superman is like, oh, I'm part of this new, you know, Steelworks project, you know, bring science and technology to help better Metropolis in the world. And then in the Superman book, it's like, ha, we're actually tricking you into becoming the head of LexCorp. Yeah, yeah. So, so Lex can be indirectly the one responsible for Metropolis becoming like uh the city of tomorrow which is like he wants to be the one to usher that in as steel said in this issue it's a beautifully villainous plan too and the fact that luther is still doing that shit to where he's always in superman's ear all the time now yeah yeah just talking to him yeah doing that superman movie thing and i'm like oh that's genius he's giving superman more pressure and more responsibility than he's ever had before mm -hmm. by making him responsible for basically keeping half the city employed while also doing his job as superman while also fighting lex's corporate enemies mm -hmm. and he knows there will come a time when superman will be forced to ask him for help and that will be better than any victory yeah there's also the added fact that no one knows that clark kent is superman anymore so like he he's constantly like uh like riding superman because oh superman hasn't been seen in mm. half an hour because clark's busy you know <laughs> at his job doing stuff and it's like oh how many people died when you weren't superman for this long you know it's so it's good ama it's amazing to think lex in jail is actually more annoying and more know, devious yeah. than free lex it's great it's great because now i have nothing but time to fuck with you <laughs> yeah and it's great that just lex is just back to being just like an evil like businessman asshole and he isn't trying yeah. to like unlock the doors to the multiverse or you know whatever he was start doing in religion. like scott snyder's justice league yeah start a new religion yeah i i love him he's just the embodiment of pettiness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. lex luthor certified hater he got his number one hater degree from hater university <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up in the morning hating goes to sleep hating superman <laughs> can't be stopped the guest of honor at the player haters ball <laughs> you know once i hated a man so much i actually gave him my whole company to run while i was in jail hate 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 hate, hate. <laughs> not because i thought it was the right thing to do but because i thought it would be too much responsibility and that it would break him eventually and then i called the cops on him <laughs> hate 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 <laughs> hey so, so, someone who's good at you know animation photoshop make that happen lex luther at the player haters ball <laughs> wearing a big hat <laughs> now i gotta go home and change the water in Matalo's mama's dish <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun uh what else did you have this week map uh well sticking with superman i had the final issue of superman space age 
Yes, this Mark Russell thing you were really enjoying. Yeah. Oh, this is easily one of my the favorite books of the year already. Yeah, you were saying. Yeah, so uh, this issue uh, picks up not long after the last issue. We learned that, like, because like, in the last issue, we learned that this is just a random... Un- it's not Earth 1 or Earth Prime or anything. This is just a random universe that is in the universe that is going to be eaten by the anti-monitor at some point mm. and uh yeah prior again comes to clark and it's like hey yeah it's going to be happening very soon there's nothing you can do despite all the good you're doing you know you, you haven't really done anything that's going to save the world because you can't because it's literally going to be like the heat death the quantum death of the universe you can't stop that that's bad <laughs> but uh clark doesn't give up and he still wants to like help out and they've just set up like the the hall of justice like a bigger hall of justice because there's like all these new heroes that are joining and everything and um they all know about what's coming as well and they can't really do anything but they all agree that they're just going to keep being heroes and keep helping people and it's here that clark realizes that like he he's done everything he can um he's done everything he can as a superhero so he ends up (coughs) quitting the justice league to help the world not as a superhero but as a super scientist and he like his father yeah yeah very much like his father um and it's at this point that he learns that like uh his father park kent has died of a heart attack you know it's that whole thing is like he has all this power he can't use it to like help his father so he uses his science to come up with something called project humanity which is very much like uh what krakoa has been offering the world where it's like mm. a, it's like a scan of your d except it's not evil or anything it's like totally good, <laughs> totally good yeah um, totally on the level yeah he he uh offers to scan the people's dna and he'll be able to cure them of all the diseases they either had in the past or ever will have in the future <laughs> and uh, he gives them all like a pill that apparently tastes like root beer and yeah everyone is like happy mm. and saved and everything um lex luther meanwhile is in jail because he blew up coast city and he's in jail in multiple books <laughs> yeah uh, he's in jail but he ends up getting out because his lawyer posits that it was like government incompetence and like just he just basically buys his way out of jail more or less Ugh, fucking libertarian <laughs> <laughs> um and he goes back to his company and otis has been running LexCorp in his stead uh-huh. and, and otis is like okay we've got we've we've got all these plans to like kill superman we found like kryptonite and it's his weakness and everything and lex is like that's schoolyard stuff i don't do that sort of stuff that's so beneath me <laughs> and he wants to know how much superman is worth because he started up this whole company with like the pills and everything and his people find out that he's worth superman's worth nothing because he's giving away the pill for free he's doing all the work himself <laughs> you know everything so like it's like well that's no good to me so instead of you know worrying about the alien kryptonian i'm going to make bruce wayne my enemy <laughs> and he and he goes and tries to take like do like corporate takeovers for like wayne enterprises and bruce meanwhile again this is more of a dc universe book more than a superman book because right, we find the name fun Bat- batman has been using technology from wayne tech like facial recognition tech to catch criminals and everything <laughs> and his this is like the best birth of like the joker like batman creating the joker thing because he's developed this technology criminals can't hide anywhere and gotham's like the safest city on the earth now so the criminals start getting more daring with like how they like go about their crimes and one of these criminals starts wearing clown makeup to get through oh. the 
the the facial recognition software which is a reference to a very real thing that was actually mm -hmm. happening in facial recognition yeah. software to where everyone was joking like yeah. oh shit you know juggalos how are we gonna find the juggalos yeah and th this guy he's never called the joker they call him the pied piper kidnapper because he kidnaps all of wayne uh. executive's children and he's more of a bruce wayne villain than he is a batman villain because we find out that this clown's daughter was killed in one of uh bruce's towers that was burnt for like an insurance scam when he wasn't in oh, charge shit. of the company and he got like burnt and like the, f the makeup like burnt to his face and like fucked up his face oh. and everything um oh that is an interesting take on the origin yeah yeah so uh he ends up like cornering <coughs> bruce like when bruce comes to try and get get the kids himself and it it's it's so cool because uh bruce ends up bruce and the clown both end up dying but bruce and and because um they both dress the same the clown dresses like bruce wayne so it it, it uh confuses the snipers who are watching him and and he he ends up tussling with bruce and bruce knows that like if he ends up fighting close to this window they will be shot so he ends up pulling the joker towards this window so he will die but then bruce also dies as well but bruce dies because he took out this this guy and yeah yeah so bruce wayne and joker die and we learn that maybe lex had a hand in setting the joker up and because he because this is all part of lex's plan to take over wayne enterprises because bruce yeah, is now true. out of the picture he can buy the buy the uh the company and finally hmm. finally get one back on bruce for getting the military contracts for the bat suits <laughs> back in the first issue wow um, long game <laughs> what's, what's he <laughs> at this point in time as well lex luther has become a motivational speaker naturally of uh, course like he has. like a jordan belfort tony robbins type guy. unlock your true potential the yeah. power of money is yeah. in you yeah oh he's like, yeah the power of money money is only like a a thing to keep as a scorecard to keep on winning and all this sort of stuff mm -hmm. but yeah, we find out that that's right. all a ploy because he bought up like a bunch of pharmaceutical companies that superman's pill put out of business and then he used those companies to pay off congressmen's to make <laughs> superman's pill illegal thus oh winning, this is some real mark russell stuff yeah, thus winning uh like winning against superman but what he failed to realize is that while all this is happening the world suddenly starts to end like he <laughs> and he can't see like the the the, the signs or, or anything the because, trees, yeah 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 so so the world starts the end all the heroes end up fucking dying and everything and superman you know he he's he's um getting ready he's trying to like help all the people he can and what he's done is throughout this entire issue he's been writing in a journal and we find out that the project humanity while was to help people on his earth was also to collect the dna of everyone that he puts inside his original crystal ship oh and so superman sends humanity elsewhere to be saved yes but what he does is he sends it through a portal that brainiac the brainiacs of all the other universes that have been destroyed came together and offered this superman a chance to come to their matterverse where they've been hiding getting ready to fight the anti-monitor and they they sent him a portal and he ends up pushing this through a portal to the the dead earth of this universe where on this universe there is the only survivor is their superman he's the only survivor left and superman from this earth one sends his people in this crystal ship all the way to this other earth which then is able to be repopulated by this superman and huh. in his in his death he ended up saving all of earth as well as his family and like the heroes and everything and gave a a hopeless superman hope again 
Oh, what a nice book ending. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Cowboy helping us out in the chat too. Joel and Matt, thanks. Uh, would either of you, where would either of you rank the current Zebwell Spider-Man run to Tom King's Batman stories in mm. terms of equally difficult to read? Oof. I mean, I'll like the Zebwell's run as it stands right now, but I don't blame Zebwell's for any of that. I can no. feel the friggin' editorial interference on that book, and I don't blame him for any of it. Where with a lot of my problem with the Batman book is straight up just shit that Tom King does that annoy me as a writer. And also that book at its worst was genuinely pretentious. Yeah. This book at its worst is just kind of, you know, soulless. Yeah, and you can and you can tell that that was all King's as well because he, he's still doing all that same stuff in like the recent series like Human Target and like his uh, Mr. Miracles. And Mr. Miracle was a little bit better though. Yes, that was yeah. a good one. I know he's doing Danger Street soon. I think he had yeah. like Gotham Year One too, which yeah. actually looked interesting to me because it was Slam Bradley. Yeah, but again, like all his stories end up being the same anyway. So they're just they kind of do. Yeah. I mean, Zeb Wells might not get it right every time, but at least he's trying different shit as best he can. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which uh, from there, I guess you know, we're talking about DC books. Here's another big DC book that came out this week. I don't blame you for forgetting, though, because I read it three days ago and I already fucking forget it. Uh, Batman v. Robin, number five, the big Lazarus Planet finale epilogue, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, an epilogue to an event that never actually really got started. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that, that could have just right been there. like two issues of this book to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big problem there, Matt. You know, maybe don't stick an entire event in between, yep. you know, the penultimate issue of your series and the final issue of your series because by then everything has already been resolved and there's zero fucking tension and no reason for anyone to be doing anything. Yeah, and the, again, like like this this issue really made it clear that this entire event was just to get Batman and Robin back together. Which they already were yeah, before they, Shadow War yeah. broke them up again. And they yeah. were already together before this issue. Yeah. So there's really no reason for any of this to exist. Uh, I think if we gave an award for a villain whose motivations changed on a dime the most, I think it would be Devil Neza from I need to, you know, control the heroes of the earth to fight my mystery foe to I need all the magic in the world to fight my son King Firebull to oh, my son King Firebull has already been defeated. Well, now I need Batman's body and I want to find my son and if not, I'm going to kill everything maybe i don't know yeah i i much prefer devil neza back when i assumed he was like trying to control the heroes and like people of the world just to stop like the great darkness same right talk about a motivation that totally fell through the floor and like really oh, it's it was, just his son oh ooh, ooh. it was a total king had no clothes moment but it gets even weirder because, like, King Firebull was technically the villain for Lazarus Planet. He was introduced, like, an issue before and was only a threat for two issues. Mm -hmm. And his motivation changes from I want to destroy my father because I hate him to now I want to control the power of the Lazarus Storms because reasons. Yeah, again, this is all just just to, like, have those, what, three or four, like, anthology books just to introduce new heroes <sighs> because no one would pick up like a an anthology that was just those heroes they had to tie it to an event so people would be I like guess. okay yeah we've got to pick this up here's the crazy part that wonder woman shazam crossover is yeah. still being called lazarus planet and is still yet to come out even though the main event is done no shit oh my god you're right holy shit i completely what forgot a, about that what a terrible release plan yeah terrible 
Again, I'm no marketing expert. I don't work in the comic industry, but it's probably a bad idea to call your new crossover the same thing as the event that just ended and also ended with a real limp, wet fart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, here's the thing. I wanted to read that story. Now, after Lazarus Planet is done, I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm not spending money on yeah. anything that has the Lazarus Planet name on it. Yeah, I know it's different. Yeah, I know it'll probably be better, but fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, thank you. <laughs> F- fuck you for thinking I'm dumb and thinking that this would work. You should have called it anything else. <laughs> but yeah, this this was basically a total waste of paper, which is a shame because like this one actually started pretty strong and I hate how it ended. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is a good example of why you need a good ending because a bad ending can basically undo all the good work you did. Mm-hmm. And like they try, like Wade tries to do something here where it's like, oh, will Damien be forced to kill his father Batman in order to save him from Devil Neza in doing so, completing the same, you know, cycle of fathers killing their sons that, you know, uh, Neza and Firebull and their grandfather did? And I'm like, yeah, there's something there. The only difference is, is I fucking know you're not going to actually kill Batman in this whole give Batman your energy clap if you believe <laughs> thing just felt so manufactured and so forced and like cheesy and corny in the bad way. Yeah, yeah, it, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was a really big, you could tell Wade just didn't give a fuck anymore. It's like, look, I'm done. I did the event you asked me for. I'm on to the next thing now. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do whatever comes up next, but yeah. Shazam is the next thing he's writing. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's probably why that that Shazam thing's getting like a bit of a push. That Shazam Maybe, yeah. Wonder Woman tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's why that was. But yeah, this this one was highly, highly disappointing. Yeah. It, it, again, it it didn't need all those like you, you should have just done it as like a Batman v Superman, uh, Batman v uh, Robin, uh, like crossover sort of thing in in that book just call it call that lazarus planet and just have it be like two or three issues yep could all have been done in the pages of the batman versus robin book didn't need a big event clearly again more executive meddling where it's like no mark we need an event to put your name on yes i know we just got done dark crisis and we literally don't need another event but we do yeah so yeah boo (laughs) i boo i boo this story i boo this event boo (laughs) Uh, I had one last one. What about you? And my last one was really brief. Cool. Uh, I had the new I Am Iron Man series. Oh, yeah. I saw this and I almost picked it up because I'm really liking the Iron Man book under Duggan right mm-hmm. now. What's uh, what's this one's angle? Uh, so this is only going to be five issues. Um, nice. And it's picking up a story from the final issue of Christopher Cantwell's Iron Man book. It was like done by... Oh, really? It was done by a... Uh, african man named mariwa ayodeli i believe his oh, name is holy shit and 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 the art is also done by i believe an african man um nice. and it's it's a story that takes place in the past in the present in the future uh, mm. of iron man and but it looks like each issue is going to be sort of connected together but also standalone Um, so this issue sees iron man uh when he's first starting out fighting a time traveling woman who controls like stone golems with a guitar (laughs) um she ends up fighting him but when we find out that she wants to fight iron man in his prime but she can't figure out where in the timeline that is so she goes question so she like fights him like when he's in like the old like like 
iron armor you know right. his, his first armor and it's like ah oh, yeah this is the armor where that's like still keeping your heart like alive so yeah i'm gonna come back a little later so she comes back a little later and we find that tony is like expecting her um mm. and we find that tony is actually trying to get hold of her guitar because all in the background all in the background of this book we see stuff about like solar flares been found by like reed richards and all this sort of stuff happening and in the end we find out in the far future we find uh new york has been destroyed and we find out that it was never good it was because of these solar flares but the solar flare didn't destroy it tony stark did and he did Ooh. it inadvertently because he knew this knew this the solar flare was coming so he moved all of new york into a pocket dimension to save it but then the pocket dimension collapsed in on itself and destroyed everything so well, that's he's, bad he's the only person left um and he wants this woman because she's a time traveler and her guitar is a sort of time device when because when she plays it she can travel through time um right. so he wants to use it to go back in time to bring new york back but but the woman also knows that he wants to use it to go back in time to bring his parents back to life right. so, oh really yes so he comes back to his parents somehow. So, so he can have one or the other um um but she knows because she, she is a, new, a native new yorker uh she's not you know been snuffed out of existence yet that tony will choose new york over his family because in the mm. end tony stark is iron man and iron man is a hero yes and i was gonna say the same thing yeah and and like that's the story huh yeah, yeah. sounds not too bad yeah so it's, it's, it's a quick one and done it's there's barely any dialogue it's all told through the art oh really oh yeah. i like it when they do that yeah it, it's great and it looks fantastic as well well, that's fun. I'm glad they can uh, get a little experimental with Iron Man here and there. Yeah, so it's got four more issues, and they they all seemingly tie together because they in the in the uh, in the uh, the 25th issue of the Cantwell run that the story was about like him traveling to Jotunheim to find Thor, and you know mm. it was the far future and everything. Yeah, yeah. right. I'll uh, I'll be nice and brief with my last one, then we can actually talk about what comes out this week. Yeah. Uh, so I got all caught up on Stargirl. I read uh, issue three and four of the mm -hmm. new Jeff Johns Lost Children thing. Mm -hmm. Good uh, good to tide me over, especially because JLA seems to be MIA for the last couple months. Yeah, it's been it's been missing for a while, hasn't it? It has been. People are starting to notice and some people are asking, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, this one, uh, Corky Baxter basically explains to Courtney and all the other sidekicks what the fuck is actually going on and how it actually mm -hmm. ties into everything else. Okay. Basically, you know, it's the story that Johns has been telling forever. Uh, friggin' Barry Allen broke time when he went back to try and save his mother and he did the whole Flashpoint thing. What you didn't see is that the Time Masters were watching him from just outside, which means they ended up getting uh, roped into the whole New 52 stuff and they were <laughs> also there when they saw that person steal the five years. <laughs> is I'm that like, what they call him, that person? No, they allude to Dr. Manhattan and they just don't say Dr. Manhattan. I'm like, oh, is this the new normal now? We just can't say Dr. Manhattan anymore. <laughs> it's a little annoying that you were so gung-ho about it, Jeff. Now we just can't say it anymore. But obviously we know who he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or maybe it was the great darkness that stole the five years, but John still very much thinks it was Dr. Manhattan. So <laughs> shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> So that happens, then, you know, Batman tried to steal a snow globe from Manhattan's collection to mm -hmm. create a special splinter timeline for his dad to live in, yep. and that in turn fucked up the pods, 
that the uh the 13 heroes yeah 13 heroes and sidekicks that they had uh the idea is is that corky says look you know we took all of you kids and put you in those pods to keep you safe for when time was inevitably repaired and we could put you back where you actually needed to be mm-hmm but of course, everything fucked up. You got released, and the childminder stole you all and took you to this island that exists outside of time because she's a time scavenger, which apparently is a pretty regular thing that the time masters deal with. Okay. And her big plot is she plans to sell you off to some mystery person. Ooh. Also, Courtney is worried, too, because she's like, wait, so even if I save the day and get all these kids back to where they're supposed to be, uh, Wing, I know you die in, like, a battle with Nebula Man that you got stolen from, so if I send you and a bunch of other kids back, I'm literally sending you back to your deaths. Yeah, right. Also, for some of you kids, not only have you not existed in decades, but, like, the heroes that are, like, your parents and mentor have also not existed in, like, decades. <laughs> So like, I don't even know if I should be doing this anymore. And ultimately, it's revealed that the buyer, the person who hired Childminder, is our man. Oh, nice. Okay. But not just any our man. It's the robot our man mm. from, like, Justice League 1 million. Oh, wow. Which, of course, begs the question, why the hell does the robot want these, like, lost kids? Mm-hmm. Why did he hire a supervillain to do it? I know Our Man 1 million is sometimes a villain because sometimes he has the yes. Solaris virus. Yes, yes. So is this that version with the Solaris virus? I just think it's crazy that Jeff Johns is like, oh yeah, I'm tying together the Golden Age and the New 52 and Flashpoint, what's going on, and DC 1 million because why the hell not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. If you are a sucker for continuity and if you are a sucker for deep cuts, you're going to love this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, you can definitely, uh, you probably have to read this too to tide you over for whatever the hell the next JLA comes out. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people assume that JLA was the more important book, even though uh, Lost Children ties into it very, very much so. See, no, I, I, I thought uh, Stargirl would be the most important because Stargirl is like Jeff Jones' original creation. Yeah, yeah, that's his thing. It, they seem to be doing a hawks and pox thing where this one is explaining all the questions. Yeah, right. Even if we do have a whole issue that's literally just Corky Baxter sitting around and regaling you with tales of other Jeff John stories. <laughs> oh, and Judy Garrick is there too, and she's hooked up to the Speed Force treadmill, and that's why no one can find Orphan Island because of her. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's sort of like an infinite crisis sort of thing, using a speedster to like power this whole thing. Uh, he's getting it all. He's getting it all in there. He's getting it. He's getting it all. Literally on the cover of this issue, friggin' Stargirl is reading Flash of Two Worlds. Oh, nice. <laughs> so like literally this is the most self-referential deep cut thing. Awesome. Awesome. That's that's the thing. Uh, someone in the chat saying, hey, do we do these live uh, or do we just do these live anymore? Again, if you've missed it, we cut these up and add them on YouTube later in segments because those do better numbers. But you can always listen to the full audio version wherever good podcasts are found. And also, if you're a patron, you get the video and audio version basically as soon as we're done. In fact, we can turn that around even quicker now. Yep. Now, that being said, I have also been taking advice and I've been getting like a channel audit and everything. And the general consensus seems to be, nah, you want to put your podcast content just on another channel seems to be the thing. So don't be shocked. Maybe after 300 episodes, I'll start moving in that direction. You know, I've seen a lot of people doing that recently, like in the last week. 
Like so yeah. many channels I follow have been like, oh, new channels. I wonder if they've if you all been following the same advice from someone. Clearly, well, again, I mean, you know, there's like two YouTube companies left, so probably that's the edict that went out. Yeah. I know Comic Pop already does that. I'm pretty sure Absolute Comics already does that. So don't be shocked if in the next little bit you'll find full uh, podcasts over at uh, Cape Joel Extra. We'll mm. still probably do the clips here on the main channel because it's a good way to fill time while I yeah. like actually work on comic videos. Mm -hmm. And I got to start doing shorts too because apparently every the whole the algorithm is all big in on shorts now. Yeah. <clears throat> but usually we're pretty long-winded and verbose, so it's hard to cut stuff down to just a minute. Because <laughs> that's what shorts are. They're just a minute. They're not like TikToks. TikToks have gotten longer. TikToks are up to 10 minutes now. <laughs> and I love to talk. Talk and talk, 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 talk. <laughs> but yeah, hey, uh, if you know any artists out there who would uh, give me a good deal on a new Cape Joel Extra uh, channel banner and also, uh, what is it, little avatar for that channel to help uh, differentiate it. Uh, get, get him in contact with me on Twitter. <laughs> I, will, I will pay you dollars. I will pay you human money. <laughs> as, a pu as opposed to that non-human money. Yeah, the, the, the NFT type money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> the not, not real type, yeah. Yeah, really. I promise I will pay you real money and not in made-up bullshit. <laughs> uh, do we want to talk about what's coming out this week, Matt? Sure. We actually got a lot of big titles this week. We got Batman 133, the next Ooh. Chip Zdarsky one. Nice. You get in two Flash books, you got the Flash 794. Mm -hmm. And you also got another One Minute War special, too. Oh, nice. So you're getting double books. We're getting Amazing Spider-Man 21. And Ooh. this is the one where they swear that they're going to start answering the question about the missing six months. And they better fucking be good. <laughs> They better be fucking good, or I swear <laughs> to God, I, I don't know what I will do with myself. I will be goddamn inconsolable. <laughs> I tell you, man. Uh, X-Men 20, I'm an issue behind on X-Men. They're fighting the brood again, but I think they're the brood from another I, universe. I'm like five issues behind on X-Men as well. It's, man, it's such a shame because it's like Sins of Sinister. It's the hot new event that's going on right now. Yeah, no, you don't really need to read the main X-Men book, but it's the main X-Men book. Yeah, but you don't got to read it. Yeah, I want to catch up on the main X-Men book though because like where I left off with them like going into like the vault uh, under Forge's like, control. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, I just got to catch up story. on it. <laughs> uh fantastic four five uh night crawlers two so we you're getting you're getting the main x-men book and you're getting sins of sinister mm -hmm. bounty hunters 32 for oh, all nice. you star wars fans nice, nice. adventure adventures of superman john kent that new mini starts yes yes it does again i think it's one of the hottest minis out there right now because you're going to be getting earth three you're going to be getting injustice you're going to be getting all sorts of shit in this earth two everything all of yep, yep. all of tom taylor's biggest hits <laughs> Yep, getting the electric blue suit, which I've said before, I'll say again, looks awesome on John. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a really good look for him. Uh, we got the second Bloodline, uh, Daughter of Blade, which I liked the first issue. Maybe I'll come back to this one. We'll see. Mm -hmm. There's a new X-23 miniseries, X-23 Deadly Regenesis. Are they still? Are they calling her X-23 again? I know. Well, well, I think this looks to be a flashback issue because okay. she's in her old suit. Yeah, I was going to say, she's fucking Wolverine now. <laughs> yeah, this is Erica Schultz who's doing this one. Okay. Uh, we got the next human target, number 12. Is that the finale? Yeah, I don't fucking know. Yeah. There's a new Rogue and Gambit book. Another one? What's this yeah, one? A... Like the third or fourth? They keep trying to make them a thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a new Rogue and Gambit book. It looks like Destiny is in this one too. It's written by Stephanie Phillips, so it'll actually probably be mm -hmm. pretty good. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, all right, that's pretty good. I mean, I know people really like that, and some people are huge fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Static Shadows Over Dakota 2. I will read that book when it's done, because if the first one is any indication, reading it all together is really how it's meant to be read. Okay. Ah, Flash uh, One Minute War, Start the Clock, number one, is uh, the special tie-in you cool. got. Cool. Uh, is that everything from this week? Yeah, that looks like everything big that was fit to print from this week. Nice. So not a bad week. Some big titles. You and I will be busy, but not like, you know, uh, <laughs> manic breakdown busy. No, we're always busy. I know we're always busy. That's the thing about comics. You know, if you want a job where you're always busy, this is the one. <laughs> Uh, someone in the chat saying, did we cover the TMNT news? Now, that just dropped before we got on, but I guess there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out. Yeah. Is, it, they li- just is it live action or anime? I can't tell. It, it looked claymation to me. Oh, really? I haven't seen anything from it, but like, but like, just by looking at like the logos <laughs> and who are they, who they're casting, I'm thinking this has to be like, like animated. It, it it's I think it's animated, but I think they're going for like a real sort of like Spider Verse striking art choice. Okay. But then again, this might also have just been a teaser trailer. It was just like them coming out of the sewer, and then that was kind of the end of it. Okay. Okay, it's animated and it's produced by Seth Rogen. Well, yeah. Seth Rogen is kind of undefeated in his producing efforts in the last little bit. Yeah, he's voicing Bebop. Oh, holy shit! And then John Cena's Jack- voicing Rocksteady. Paul Rudd is voicing. Love it. Gecko? Oh, uh, yeah, one of the Gecko guys. They also got, uh, and what is it? G- Gus Fring is Baxter Stockman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Jackie, like Jackie got... Chan is Splinter. That's pretty fun. It looks like this. they've got like a bunch of villains in this one, but no Shredder, because they clearly want to save that for the sequel. Of course, yeah. This one actually looks good. I know they actually spent money on music, so like they actually had a recognizable song in the trailer, and I'm like, oh, all nice. right, good on you then. Nice. Which, again, hey, talk about a thing that should be a much bigger franchise than it is in the movies. Turtles. Again, there's decades worth of turtle stories and tons of crossover and tons of, you know, spin-offable characters the, the, if you do it right. The, the, the problem is that whenever a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie or series comes out, it's never like the, the, the comic. Comic is fucking violent as fuck and, like, dark yeah. and everything. And, like, the shows are not like that at all. Ah, but you can't sell toys off that, though. They always but make can, more money though. as toys as now. comics. You can now. Because yeah. all the people that like that stuff are now, like, our age and have disposable That's incomes. True. <laughs> That's true. And, I mean, Invincible and, you know, the boys. I mean, this one does look like it wants to have a little bit more of an edge, though. Well, it's Seth Rogen, so, yeah. If even just in the animation style, it looks like it's like, hey, here's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie you wouldn't be embarrassed to go to as an adult. So mm-hmm. there you go. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it for the week, everyone. I guess there's nothing else to talk about, nothing else that's fit to print. Yeah. I guess we'll thank you all uh, for coming and stopping by and watching us. Thank you again, everyone who donated, Cowboy and KT and everyone else there. As always, it's very, very appreciated. Thank you for all the well wishes. Yes, thank you. I am feeling better. I'm glad to be back in the saddle. Glad to be back and doing the show with Matt. Yeah. As always, if you're a patron, you'll be sure to get this right away. So if you came in late, don't worry. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Maybe we'll do another Retro Hero next week unless there's any big news. Is next week the end of the month? Next week's not the end of the month. No, we're already in March now. We're already early March. Jesus Christ. I know. February creeps up on you, doesn't it? (laughs) I was shocked too because we got a fire drill and like a full moon in the same day. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's the fucking first of the month, isn't it? (laughs) 
that's these are you, all that's, things. That's how you, you note the festival. They have fire drill, full moon, yeah. It's it's true. That is exactly how I know these things. Working online <laughs> when one day bleeds into another. <laughs> so yeah, maybe we'll try that out, uh, depending if there's any big news. And also, hey, we're heading to episode 300, so if anyone has any ideas for anything we want to do for 300, let us know. I think with 300, maybe, maybe we'll just have like a really good discussion. Maybe that'll just kind of be the thing. Maybe we'll just chat with people. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, just hang out. Yeah, that seems to be there. We'll we'll do the news portion, and then the second half will just be like a like a freaking bullshit session. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Uh, all right, so thanks everyone for talking and listening. We appreciate it, and we'll be back again next week, everyone. Bye bye. See ya.